0: The Panhandle News Network. The views and opinions on this station do not necessarily represent the Panhandle News Network, WEPM and WCST, or West Virginia Radio Corporation. It's Panhandle Sports Live.
1: Crossover, step back. Ah!
0: That's a Where the Eastern Panhandle of West Virginia comes to get their sports live. Is this the Tiger? Great night to be a Mountaineer
2: wherever you may be. Agent back to pass, rush down the pocket, throwing it downfield, it's into the end zone. And oh, he
0: caught it! Here are your hosts, Jordan Warner, Luke Wiggs, and Parker Stone.
3: It is Panhandle Sports Live for this fifth day of September in the year of our Lord 2022. I'm Luke Wiggs holding down the fort here in the Panhandle Sports Live studios. A little bit of an empty day at the office, as you would expect, for Labor Day. And I hope you guys are having a good holiday. And I love to contrast Chris Lawrence closing out the morning news, uh, talking about guys on this day going to work with, work with their lunch pail. I showed up today in sweatpants with a bottle of Gatorade, and that is it. But I'm happy to be a part of it and bringing you guys this live sports coverage. Joining me on location from the Labor Day breakfast is Jordan Icewarner and Parker Stone. Gentlemen, set the scene. What are you seeing? What's the atmosphere going on there at uh, Veterans Park?
2: Well, it's, uh, it's a little damp, not going to lie. It's uh, sprinkling down the rain, but it's a gorgeous morning nonetheless, especially for a great uh, cause and a great breakfast. I mean, we got steak and eggs sitting in front of us right now, and it all supports War Memorial Park. It's one of their two big fundraisers of the year. Of course, there's also the pancake breakfast that happens on Memorial Day. But then for Labor Day, you come by and you get your steak or country ham and your uh, eggs, however you want them done, a little toast, a little, a little OJ, and, well, not a bad reason to get up a little early on Labor Day and get some good breakfast.
4: No, absolutely. There's an already a big crowd here, and it's eight in the morning so it's it's fantastic this was one of their bigger fundraisers as mentioned before the other one comes around Memorial Day and yeah we got a steak some toast some eggs right in front of us and I can't say there's a better way to start Labor Day than having a good old breakfast am I right
3: Yeah, I 100% agree. I'm a little bit envious of you guys. And Jordan, uh, anybody in the area that's listening and thinking, man, I wish I was over there War Memorial Park, excuse me, not Veterans Park. Uh, The the smell of steak and eggs, whatever. Didn't want to make breakfast for myself this morning. I missed out on the event. That stinks. That's not true. Anybody could come up and uh, get themselves a hot plate of food. Is that correct?
2: Yeah, come on down, man. We're here all morning at War Memorial Park until they run out of food, which normally doesn't happen because they have so much. I see the coolers over there filled with steak and country ham. I'm hoping, honestly, that they maybe forget that they gave us this steak and eggs, and I can get some country ham and eggs uh, a little bit <laughs> later on. But you got your coffee, you got Buzz pulling. Everybody knows Buzz. He's taking your tickets, taking your money. Uh, of course, it all benefits War Memorial Park. It all stays right here at the park, and they've done so many great renovations in recent, you know, months. Of course, with the new, with the Doughboy statue at its new location at the top of the hill. Uh, of course, they've uh, kind of redone the world war ii and the korean veterans and the vietnam war veterans memorial as well and the pavilion looks great um so and that's because of events like this and for folks coming out and enjoying events like this so there's a ton of people but still a ton of place to go sit a ton of food let's come on down here to war memorial park for the 2022 labor day breakfast
3: very good
4: beautiful spot it's it's awesome just what they've done to the park here in the past few years just you look at the scene it's just it's the perfect place to go on a on a weekend where you got an extra day to come off so come on out it's a great time and you get some great food too cool. right. you you don't want to miss it that's the thing you don't want to miss it you got great people even greater food what, the only thing's missing you.
2: So here you go, and here if you need a little bit more of a uh, reason to come for adults, it's only thirty bucks, right? Uh, thirty bucks at the door. You come get your steak or country ham uh, and eggs and toast and drinks and things like that. Children for t- ages ten and under are free. So bring the kids Ooh. out. You can Cash and check only when you come in. But it's thirty for adults, free for children, and again, it all supports War Memorial Park uh, right here in downtown Martinsburg.
3: Well, Panhandle Sports Live, for the most part, with the exception of me, of course, live and on the location there for the next hour. And we'll have Panhandle Live there as well uh, with Jordan Parker. So you get to hang out with those lovely selves as well. But a lot of sports to get into today. We'll talk a little high school football in the second segment of today's show. College football as well. Yesterday was the last Sunday until February that we won't have NFL football. Uh, Scott Hanson was tweeting that out, the big red zone guy, so we're all fired up about that. But before we turn our attention to the gridiron, Major League Baseball, we don't want to forget about that as it's trending down to the end of the season. The Orioles, we'll talk about in just a second, are still – Captivating the eyes in, uh, of a nation, but uh, so is Albert Pujols, the machine. Yesterday, hitting his 695th home run. Here's the call on KMOX.
0: A one-strike pitch. A swing. A long one. Left
1: center field. It's a goner for Pujols. 695. 2 nothing. Cardinals in the eighth. Unbelievable.
3: John Rooney can feel the excitement, so can we after hearing that highlight. Guys, 695 for Pujols and 700 does not seem so far away.
2: No, I mean, at this point, he's almost got to do it, right? I mean, uh, with the season that he's had, coming out of nowhere with this season, really, um, it's fun to see. I mean, that kind of brings back, you know, uh, the the childhood baseball watching uh, that I used to do because our pool back then was, you know, he was the machine then. And then, you, of course, they get older and they move around and you kind of, they lose their steam and they get hurt. Things, you know, things happen. But then to see him come back and do what he's doing now, uh, Parker, has been pretty fun to watch. Especially oh, yeah. with uh, Luke keep me up to uh, up to date on it because I probably <laughs> would have forgotten about it.
4: It feels like we turn back the clock to like 2010. It's it's just, it's fun to watch and yeah, it seems like Holst is probably going to get it at this rate, which is insane. Yeah, I didn't think he was going to be able to get it at this rate, but he's just been having one heck of a second half of the season and it's probably going to end up to the Cardinals probably making their way into the playoffs, which will be a fun story as we get into the postseason in the MLB and that oh this. I've, I've had this feeling. I saw a, a really like a, like a season recap almost on a TikTok last night for the MLB season. It feels like baseball is back this year. Baseball is so back. I, I don't like seeing all the storylines going on. People have been talking about the Yankees collapsing here in the second half. People have been talking about there's an exciting American League Central race between the Guardians and the Twins right now. They're both tied. The White Sox are a few games back from them. The Astros, the Mariners coming back to relevancy this year. The Mets and Edwin Diaz. pool holes. There's so many stories going on. Soto getting traded. Tatis getting suspended. And I think the biggest story probably been this year has been the O's.
2: Oh, yeah. It's got to be the O's. O's Magic is in full swing right now. And, Luke, I think you could also agree. It's it's how much fun these young kids are having playing baseball. It's not that serious game like it It ended up kind of getting down to the last couple of years where I think everybody on the field took themselves, umpires included, even though they're still taking themselves a little bit too seriously at times. But I think, you know, everything was getting too serious there for a long time. And then these young kids came up, uh, you know, Juan Soto and the like, and they play the game fun, they play the game hard, and they're going to, you know, like I said, have fun doing it. And I think that's really helped uh, baseball in the long run.
3: Yeah, 100%. And one of those young kids, of course, is Orioles catcher Adley Rushman, who delivered this key hit in their series over the weekend against the A's.
0: You'd love again to stay away from some of your levers as much as possible. 2-2 pitch. Grilled. Right center field. Headed towards the bleachers, and Rutschman has found him! It's an 8-1 Orioles
3: lead. You know, it's kind of rough now as you look at it now, guys. Uh, and I'll start with Parker with this one. Adley Rushman hits that home run. You take two out of three from the A's, and you're right. This is a crazy story with this roster. We've talked about how this team continues to compete. But, Parker, you just took two out of three from the A's. You've won seven of your last ten, and yet you're still not gaining ground in that American League wild card spot with your two, uh, with the Orioles two and a half games back.
4: No, yeah. It just speaks to how competitive that American League is. It's, it's tough, and especially highlighting that American League East. The Yankees even though they've not had the best stretch of games, still up right now. The Rays and the Blue Jays are basically trading back-to-back that last wild card spot, and the O's are trailing right behind them. It's going to get down to the wire, and the two important series I want to highlight here in the month of September, the O's are playing the Blue Jays in two series Mm -hmm. in this month of September. The O's have to take both of these. If they want to get in, they have to take both to knock Toronto out of that spot, that's that's what it comes down to, I think. It's, it's down in the wire. We're just a couple weeks out of, of playoffs time for Major League Baseball. It, those, those Blue Jay series is what's going to determine if the O's sneak in or if the O's got to wait till maybe next year to get into the playoffs. Well, I was going to
2: ask, I mean, with this series, of course, they play them again. It's kind of this is essentially like a split series with the uh, Sox and the Nationals in between. But this series, if they don't win, if they lose this whole series, is that the season?
4: I hate to say it, but I think so. Right now, I think in this month of September, the Orioles have to play close to as flawless baseball as possible. It, it just speaks to the competitiveness of that American League wild card. You've got Seattle, who's two games up. Tampa's one game up on Toronto. Toronto's sitting at a 73 and 59, and then you got the O's that are 71 and 62. And if they slip up, there are teams that can come up and get them. I mean, there's a battle going on, as I mentioned, in the American League Central between the Guardians and the Twins. They're both sitting at 68 and 64 as we speak today and the White Sox are 67 and 67. So those three are battling for a spot, and one of them can sneak in and get a wild card spot. So the O's, the O's gotta play as close to flawless baseball as you can, and that's gonna come down to Adley Rushman, who stepped up as a rookie, and has been almost the leader of this team so far at the catcher position. Cedric Mullins, Austin Hayes, Jorge Mateo, Ryan Mountcastle, these young guys have to step up, and we're gonna have to see if this team, granted their young core, can they sneak in? And if they do, what what a story if not it's it. you can't hang your head on what what a season no one expects the we looking at the standings right now we expect the O's to probably be sitting around where Detroit and Kansas City are in the rankings oh, yeah. to be honest with you to will see what they've done this year is nothing but remarkable and we just saw Gunnar Henderson get called up last week you still got guys in the farm system that are coming you got Grayson Rodriguez who should be coming up next year he's the top pitcher and bait in minor leagues right now DL Halls worked up a little bit i think he's throwing relief relief bits and a little bit of the majors right now. And the list goes on and on. And again, you had the number 1 overall pick in this past draft and you got Jackson Holiday. So, right. it's the future is gleaming bright for this Orioles franchise. See, so,
2: they've been doing all this Luke with uh, guys that are draft picks or like young guys. I mean, they're not doing it with having to trade away their, you know, whole squad for, you know, the big name or the two big name guys, which I think has really been fun to watch. And I think that's been, you know, easier to get behind them too. Uh, during this stretch of good good form is because, well, it's not the big names, it's just these kids out there having a good time and playing good ball.
3: Yeah, 100%. And it's not that Yankee style of winning where it's we're just going to spend on the biggest free agents, we're going to have a $250 million payroll, or we're just going to have more talent because we can afford more talent. It's building from within. We've seen the Rays go to the World Series with that technique. Going back to my St. Louis Cardinals, they've done that as well. We see the Pirates do that in 2013, although they didn't win a championship. Uh, But that's, of course, refreshing to see. And, of course, you can hear coverage of every Baltimore Orioles game here in WBPM and WCST. They begin that three-game series against Toronto today. And we'll have coverage of their uh, afternoon game, a little matinee baseball, at 1 o'clock. But, guys, one more thing I wanted to touch on before we take our first break. Now, we've got a lot of football conversation. We're going to get into a little bit of cycling, of course, and we're going to update you what's going on at the Labor Day breakfast as time goes on. But uh, not the smoothest transition, but we, I would be remiss if we didn't touch on uh, the end of a legacy with Serena Williams, of course, getting knocked out of the U.S. Open. Uh, and before we hear the thoughts from the guys and take our first break, here's ESPN's, or ESPN having Rick Mackey on uh, to talk a little bit about Serena's legacy.
0: There was a rage. There was a burning desire uh, in both girls But Serena has had something that I've never seen even to this day. So uh, right then and then I went up to Richard. I said, let me tell you something. I think you got the next female Michael Jordan on your hands. And he put his arm (laughs) around me. He goes, no, brother, man, I got the next two. And uh, we teamed up and the rest is history. She's inspired so many people, uh, not just the African-American community to come into the sport, just if I can do it, you can do it. Look where she came from. She wasn't, she wasn't in the front row or the back row. She wasn't even in the building. You know, she came from Compton. And I just think her story or both girls is is amazing. And if I can do it, you can do it.
3: And it's just so important, Jordan, that legacy from a player. You know, to be honest with you, I don't watch a lot of tennis. It's not a sport that's given me a ton of interest. But. You know, we, we were traveling to New Haven, Connecticut, and took time out of our day in the hotel room to make sure to watch Serena play. You know, we've seen it with Albert Pujols, some Major League Baseball, Derek Jeter as well, the Michael Jordan farewell tour. When great athletes, as athletes as great as Serena Williams, kind of come uh, to the end of their career, fans looking for that encore, they command so much attention, and rightfully so.
2: Oh, I know. I mean, I can always think back. I mean, I got in into- the golf because of Tiger Woods. I got into tennis because of Serena Williams, and it's because they were just so dominant so early, and they were at the perfect time, right when, you know, media was really, sports media was really starting to explode. And the endorsements, I mean, all her Nike Just Do It commercials. I mean, I can almost remember all of them. And then tag on the fact that she's really, really, really good at tennis. I mean, winning the U.S. Open at 17 was really her coming out party. And then really for it to come full circle like it did with her final tournament being, again, back at the U.S. Open. Unfortunately, she didn't win, but she makes a great, great run, beating the number two ranked player in the world. And I kind of felt bad for all the people that they were playing against, because, uh, or all the, the people she was playing against, because the entire world was on uh, her team and against you know whoever she was playing and even if the girl that won that beat you know serena it's a pretty big deal was to go on to the next round coming out of the third round as the rain is really starting to come down on us here thank goodness for this tent uh, <laughs> at willmore park again at the 2022 labor day breakfast but um uh, I mean, it was all for Serena, and, you know, we wish that she could have gone on a little further, but she's just one of those generational talents. I feel like that's overused, but, you know, everybody could kind of associate with her, and it was just fun to watch her play.
4: Yeah, I saw a uh, crazy stat online on Twitter. It was talking about, like, when Serena was playing, I think in 1995, it was like, it was something with, like, her, she was playing Vlad Sr. and, like, Craig Biggio were playing in the majors, and then we look at it now, now, Kevin Biggio and Vlad Jr., are playing in the majors. That speaks to uh, the longevity of Serena Williams' career. Just to give you a scope, if you aren't keep if you haven't kept track with Serena's stats all time, just wait to hear this: 186 consecutive weeks at number one, four-time Olympic gold medalist, 23 times a major champion, 367 major match wins, six U.S. Open titles, and 73 career titles. Mm. There's there there's there's no debating she's she's defined a generation and she's just one of those athletes when you look at time i mean you talk about people like michael jordan muhammad ali people like that serena williams will go down in history like that and, and there's no bar none what a heck of a career and the big thank you to serena williams for the past memories for close to twenty years of playing tennis
3: yeah well certainly a salute to greatness and a farewell to serena williams as well we're going to take our first break of the show when we return We'll turn our attention to the gridiron with high school football as it was an eventful high school football weekend for the EPAC, and we've got college football on deck as well here on Panhandle Sports Live.
0: It's Panhandle Sports Live with Jordan, Luke, and Parker. Tweet the guys at EP News Network.
3: Welcome back to Panhandle Sports Live here on the Panhandle News Network as uh, we're going to turn our attention to high school football now. As you heard in the rejoin, You can tweet us at any time, EP News Network. Get your thoughts over the last couple of days of EPAC college football as well. If you want to get involved in the show, uh, that's the way you can tweet us. But our Panhandle Game of the Week never, ever disappoints. It was Spring Mills against Washington, myself and Jordan on location. Before we get into the conversation, let's listen back to some of the highlights as Spring Mills picks up their first win of the season, beating Washington 17-14. to Man comes in motion from right to left. They'll fake it to him and hand it off to Eaton, running up the middle, sheds a tackler, towards the goal line, into the end zone, Peter, touchdown Cardinals for the first time this game and the first time this season, as striking from 19 yards out was Eaton. The kick is up from Raider, and it's up and good from distance. Call that 32-yarder.
1: And right on time, here comes Delgado. Tots the goal line into the end zone.
3: Touchdown for Washington. 40-yard strike. The Patriots are back into this ballgame right on cue as Delgado scampers in for a 40-yard score to give the Patriots their first points of the game. One man back deep to receive for Washington, and the Patriots come after the kick. It's a fake, and the pass is completed for a first down to Max Anderson. The fake run to perfection by Ryland Schwartz. With a dot over the middle, that's why your backup quarterback's the punter, and it's a first down for Spring Mills.
2: Man, you talked about the momentum being on the knife's edge. That's one way to you know, get the momentum back on your side, and that fake punt completely sucked the energy out of this uh, Washington side of the field.
3: Anderson under center. They'll run the uh-uh. same play again. Did he get stuffed? Second effort, the pile pushing. Surely touchdown, Cardinals. Snap back Delgado. Now rolling out to his right. Will throw to the end zone. Has a man. The pass is caught towards the goal line. Touchdown. Washington gets into the end zone. Travin McCord pulls down that reception from three yards out. Game on here in Charlestown. And after the game, we got to catch up with head coach of the Spring Mills Cardinals, Josh Sims. Well, Coach, what would you say to the team in the huddle after that one?
5: Um, <clears throat> yeah, it was one of those things, again, you know, um, I, I feel like a broken record, um, but I'm going to keep saying it until we, we, we fix it. And that's, we keep shooting ourselves in the foot on offense. You know, we, we, we should have had probably 30, we probably left two, two to three touchdowns up there um, with just killing ourselves with penalties. And, and, I, and, and you know, the um, you know, big thing I said to the guys is it wasn't pretty, but a win to win. So, you know, you definitely enjoy this because winning a football game, no matter who you're playing, any level is a hard task. But, you know, we want more than one-on-one football games. So it's one of those things where, um, you know, I think I talked, talked to you guys earlier, we're, we're about development with, with these kids. So, yes, you know, go enjoy this. Win the football game is hard. But we have got to find a way to figure out the, pen, the, the penalty situation because, you know, that ended up being a real close game, came yep. right down the wire. We, we eliminate the penalties. It's probably not that close.
3: Well, special teams, a bit of a mixed bag for you tonight, but you get the onside kick recovery at the end and uh, a huge 32-yard field goal from uh, Raider as well in that game. That uh, that extra facet of your game kind of ends up being the difference with that uh, three-point field goal, obviously, uh, being the advantage tonight.
5: Yeah, you know, again, I mean, uh, it, it, special teams is, is uh, a, th- a third phase of the game for a reason. And, and you're right, it saved our tail. I mean, ultimately, it was the difference. Um, you know, also too, the extra point to go to 17, you know, could have, uh, you know, potentially been extremely important. Um, you know, and I was actually talking to the kid that recovered that one side kick right there at the end. That's a freshman Ryland Schwartz that we put dead center in the middle. Um, and he goes and gets that kick. He was also the punter that converted on a fake, you know, we didn't score on the drive once again, cause penalties. Um, but, uh. You know, that's a situation there where we were able to chew up because converting the fake punt, we were able to chew up three, four more minutes on the clock. Yeah, that was so, a
3: quarterback-to-quarterback quarterback there, the fake punt another special teams player, right? It
5: was, it was. It was giving me some ideas, seeing mm. it. but, um, but, uh, no, uh, um, you know, again, uh, the special the special teams is a phase of, uh, phase of the game for a reason. Uh, and defensively, you pitch shut out in the first
3: half and you do a pretty good job, save just a couple of big runs of containing one of the more unique offenses you'll see this year. So you have to like a lot of what you've seen from your defense.
5: Yeah, I liked a lot of what I saw from our defense last week. Um, but, you know, at the same time, you know, we still kind of made some of the same mistakes that we ended up making that first week. And that's just, you know, kind of falling asleep for a couple plays. You know, just like with Muscleman, we give up, uh, you know, a, a couple big passes, a big run, uh, same thing that night, we were very stout, very sharp, very disciplined. And then we, you know, kind of fall asleep for a second and give up big, a big run. So it's one of those things, um, you know, uh, a little bit like, you know, some of the issues we run, in, run into with offense, you know, you can't sleep for one play. You can't take one play off. Um, and, you know, that's that's the, the, the hard thing you have with a young team. But once again, that's where, uh, you know, the development comes in.
3: And that was Josh Sims in the post game of that Spring Mills victory over Washington. And uh, as we bring Jordan Parker back into this conversation, Jordan, I think that game really just came down uh, to a couple of plays that defined the victory for Spring Mills. That fake punt comes to mind. Uh, there was a pass interference that put him in a field goal range that allowed him to kick a 32-yarder from Sarah Rader that uh, at that point made it a three-point game, and they end up winning by three points. But uh, we talked about the momentum being at a knife's edge uh with that game just being decided by three points it was truly anybody's game going into the final seconds
2: yeah that was old school football uh over the weekend it was we're it was we're gonna line up we're gonna run the ball you're gonna line up you're gonna run the ball and we're gonna see who ends up having the better game and like you said it was just came down to a uh, a case of momentum and well uh i think you had a pretty good call and unfortunately if you were tuned in we did have a little bit of technical difficulties go through i think a couple of our different streams so i think one of the bigger uh, touchdowns might have been uh, sounding a little bit different but with, the, you know, I think of Rodrigo Delgado and some of the different guys that are out there running, there was just so much talent on both those sides. It made sense for the game to be as low-scoring as it was, and it made sense for it to be as entertaining as it was.
4: No, yeah, definitely. I I was keeping track of you guys throughout my game. I was calling for Berkeley Springs. I was like, hey, what's the score, what's the score? I was, I was intrigued. I thought this was the best game of the week throughout all of them. These are two teams that are scrappy, two teams that are young, two teams that had a lot to prove after week one losses. And, yeah, this one ended up going to the Cardinals. If you flip a coin, it may go to the Patriots the next time out. So that's, that's what you love to see out of football there. Congratulations to Coach Sims and the Cardinals are getting that first win of the season. And for Washington, you, got, you still got a lot left of the season. Don't count yourself out with an 0-2. They got a lot to prove, and Washington—they're unique, and they have the opportunity to spoil some people. And uh, Luke, I'll let you do the honors before we uh, wrap up. Well, I'll wrap up some here, some other scores we had from the past week. We got uh, a comes in and then beats Jefferson. That was a—that was a big one. We were. It was a track. surprising one too. Yeah, I'd say so. Forty-two to twenty-three was the final in that one. I was expecting that one to be close and probably an even matchup, but. A 42-23 wasn't what I expected there. Of course, Martinsburg and Musselman were pretty close there, and then Martinsburg just pulled away late, 61-20, your final there. That one and
2: was definitely that, surprising.
4: Yeah, I was shocked by that one. Hedgesville handles business against Warren County, 29-7. And then on the Berkeley Springs side, the Indians get down by Greencastle Antrim on the road, 53-7. And, Luke, I'll go ahead and let you do the honors. This week's Panhandle Game of the Week, where are we going?
3: And uh, Jefferson and Musselman, excuse me, that's the game. That's the one uh, that might be the most, uh, in terms of implications of games that we've had up until this point, uh, the biggest implications we've seen so far. Uh, I'm very excited to see, as those two now jockey, to see who the second-best team in the EPAC is going to be behind Martinsburg because Musselman gave the Bulldogs a heck of a game, and we'll talk about that game on the other side of this break and hear from head coach Britt Sherman. Uh, But that's where we're going to be. I invite you guys to tune in on that Friday night because it's going to be electrifying. Um, and and, and a great atmosphere. And you gave those other scores, and rightfully so. Parker, before we take our next break, Hedgesville gets their second win. They're looking like a playoff team. I'm very excited to see how they do long-term. Jefferson, a little bit of a bump in the road against a very good Sharando team, now 1-1. One one. How are they going to right the ship? Is Musselman going to take advantage of them this week, or is Jefferson going to get back to winning ways? And then a tough start to the season, like you mentioned, uh, for Berkeley Springs as they lose to Greencastle, uh, coming out of Pennsylvania 53-7, to the final score of that one. Just wanted to add one more note because uh, it was something that uh, Josh Sims touched on uh, there during the tape as a player that uh, we didn't necessarily give a ton of recognition to in that game, and that was Rylan Schwartz. Uh, listen to this, guys. Before we take our break, comment on this really quickly, Jordan. The guy who recovers the onside kick in that game to seal victory uh, for the Spring Mills Cardinals is the same guy who's the punter that converts that fake punt. Rylan Schwartz, who's a freshman, is the backup quarterback, makes the two biggest plays of the game, and if Spring Mills gets into the playoffs, the two biggest plays of the season up until this point.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think I said it during the game. Special teams will give it, and they'll also take it away. And there's no more of a high-pressure moment. People will probably uh, debate this with me, but I've been there, done that. Being on the hands team, when you know an onside kick is coming to you, is terrifying because you don't know which <laughs> way that ball is going to bounce. You know that it's a pretty important situation if they're going for the onside kick, and, and everyone's aware that an onside kick is coming. So you know it's a big deal. So yeah, being able to you know have uh, the, the right be the right guy at the right time, right place, right time is critical. And uh, well, he pretty much did it all for special teams uh, for him, and it sealed that win, like he said.
3: But Spring Mills beats Washington 17-14, to the final of that one, another enticing panhandle game of the week. And again, if you missed it, our panhandle game of the week for this Friday night will be Jefferson against Musselman uh, with kickoff at that game at 7 o'clock. We're going to step aside when we return. The other game that had the attention of everybody in the EPAC was Martinsburg-Musselman. We'll hear from Britt Sherman. We'll talk a little college football as well. But first, this from the Metro News Anchor Desk.
5: Four-minute stations, 4 minute- Wait, what are we cheering for? CMA, Carter Myers Automotive of Martinsburg, everyone's most valuable dealers.
0: CMA's Martinsburg dealerships have the biggest selection of new and used vehicles in the region, and they don't sell over MSRP. Let CMA's Martinsburg dealerships get you in the end zone. The dealership is on Foxcroft Avenue?
5: Yeah, and Kelly Island Road off Route 9. CMA! CMA.
0: Visit CMA's Martinsburg dealership online at martinsburg.cmacars.com. And good luck all Panhandle High School student-athletes.
5: Skeeters Auto Body & Towing is a proud sponsor of the Berkeley Springs High School Indians. If your car breaks down or you're in an accident and need a tow, call Skeeters Auto Body & Towing. Skeeters is available 24-7 and won't leave you stranded. They work with most insurance companies and are AAA certified. Skeeters Auto Body & Towing, handling all your towing needs from light to heavy-duty towing. Skeeters does it all, call Skeeters at 258-9006 and check them out at SkeetersAutoBodyTowing.com. Need a tow? Call Skeeters.
0: I'm Tamron Hall. Why give your family just ordinary eggs when they can enjoy the best? Eggland's best. The only eggs with more fresh and delicious taste plus superior nutrition compared to ordinary eggs. With six times more vitamin D, 10 times more vitamin E, 25% less saturated fat, and 38% more lutein because the way we care is anything but ordinary. Only Eggland's best. Better taste, better nutrition, better eggs. Ad paid for by USA Veteran Law Group. Attention Marines, if you or a loved one lived or worked at Camp Lejeune for more than 30 days between 1953 and 1988, you were exposed to drinking water contaminated with benzene and other highly carcinogenic chemicals, causing those exposed to develop devastating health conditions. You may qualify for significant compensation if you have been diagnosed with non-Hodgkin's lymphoma, bladder, kidney, or liver cancer, or other serious health conditions. Get justice at 866-463-0001 or visit USAVeteranLawGroup.com. Panhandle Sports Live, your home for sports in the Panhandle. Here's Jordan, Luke, and Parker.
3: Another segment of Panhandle Sports Live here on this lovely Monday with uh, Jordan and Parker at location at the Labor Day Breakfast at War Memorial Park. We'll talk a little bit more about that as the game goes on. But of course, the game of high school football that had the attention of the eyes across the state and arguably the four-state area uh, was another EPAC football matchup between Musselman and Martinsburg. This game was 26-20 to at halftime, and everybody thought that uh, Musselman might be the first team out of the EPAC to beat Martinsburg for a long time, uh, but then the Bulldogs pulled away, and our own Joe Bricado of Metro New Sports caught up with Martinsburg head football coach Britt Sherman after that game.
1: What was your halftime speech? Yeah. Was it, was it emotion-based or was it, you know, execution and yeah. That needed Yeah, well, it wasn't emotional. We, uh, I felt like we got a little too emotional in that first half and, and made some mistakes because, you know, we were kind of, you know, too emotional getting our feelings a little bit and, uh, you know, just needed to correct it. So it was more of coaching, correcting. Didn't really change a whole lot, but we just had to settle down and, and play.
4: Defensively, you rolled over a second guy to Adamas' side. I mean, how much did that – kind of helped
1: to slow their passing attack. Yeah, I think it helped pretty well. Um, you know, when we didn't do that, he was open a lot. So uh, it was good to get a, get a guy on him and get a guy on his face, get a guy over top of him. Is it good to have a little scoreboard pressure for the guys? And, and how did they react at halftime? Yeah, it's good to have adversity because we're going to have a lot of it this season because we play a lot of really great teams, and, and Musselman played really well in the first half. And, um, you know, credit them for for the things that they had in game plan and, and what they did and, uh, you know, being a tight game and, and then coming out and kind of blowing it open in the second half. It will only be good for us later down the road obviously both quarterbacks did some good things particularly with Ezra. Did you have a feeling coming in that this was going to be a game that he was going to have some opportunities to do some things? Yeah, I mean they were playing way off of us so we knew we were going to have to dink him and you know he's an accurate guy so we knew we were going to have to use him a good bit Uh, but I think Murph had the longest run in school history there so we'll have to get with my stat guy and see if it was 99 and a half or or where exactly it was so he's just a great athlete as well.
4: Hunter was basically
1: unstoppable tonight. Um, Tell me about what you see out of him and, you know, what you expect going forward? Well, we knew he was a good speed guy coming into the season, um, but we weren't sure, you know, route running, physicality, hands, and um, him and Ezra worked a lot in offseason, and, and, you know, he, he kind of solidified some of those other aspects, and, you know, he had a great night. He's a great player.
3: But, again, the final score of that game, as Martinsburg's very well able to pull away, was 26-20 to at the half, but the Bulldogs somewhat dramatically then win that game 62-20, to 20. but with that being said, guys, Parker, I'll start with you. Is that any cause for concern for the Bulldogs? Well,
4: I mean, you came in, it was it was past half, and it was a six-point game. I Maybe the only thing I would say maybe starting off better for Martinsburg, other than that, the fact that they came back and made it seem like it was a blowout when it was a close game for most of the game speaks to how explosive and how fast this Martinsburg team can go from in a sticky situation to – up almost 40 points. That's then at the end of the day, I don't think it's too much of a cause for concern. Coach Sherman's probably going to tell the team, "Hey, we need to start better. Come next week." But I again, I think Musselman might have been the biggest test for this Bulldogs team inside of the EPac this season. And if they handle them like that, I, I can't see another team stopping Martinsburg. I think they're going to run undefeated, and they got a good chance to run the table come playoff time and be, once again, state champion.
2: Yeah, I think, people, it's easier to forget with Martinsburg. Uh, that, you know, it's only week two. That was only the second game of the year. You know, kids are still trying to figure things out, still trying to figure school out a little bit. Maybe they just transferred in, you know, different things, trying to get life kind of in order. So it takes a little while to get uh, maybe get the, the gears greased. But once they – uh, the Bulldogs got those things moving, and it's hard to slow them down, like you saw. I mean, we were listening to it on the way back, uh, Luke, and I think, well, we knew that it was close, and then, of course, did our uh, post game and whatnot for our paint handle game of the week that was happening. But then I think by the time it took us to get from the field to the car, they were already up 30 points, and it just made no sense. And that's just how quick Martinsburg can get you, and they can get you like that with their starters, their backups, their third strings, and their fourth strings, which is what makes them just so deadly.
3: Yeah, not to mention Murphy Clement, uh, we're waiting for the official word from head coach Britt Sherman, but might have had the longest run in Bulldog history, at least of 99 yards, if not 99 and a half yards. But that puts a bow on a really exciting, as always, week of EPAC football and high school football across the state of West Virginia. Some college football in action as well, and I know that Parker had an ear to the ground and an eye glued to the television in terms of what was going on in the collegiate gridiron, but a couple of games I wanted to highlight first before we bring Parker into the conversation Florida football, baby. They beat the number seven team in the country in Utah 29 to 26, due in part to this Anthony Richardson touchdown. Richardson brings a wide receiver in motion. Now he backpedals to pass. Pressure coming. Surveying. He's going to try and run it. Oh, He's boy. got wide open field to the
4: left. 20 to the 15, to the 10, to the 5 touchdown.
3: And again, they beat the number seven team in the country. And then Appalachian State, everybody had this game picked as a potential upset. Uh, It was just an exciting day to be a Mountaineer fan, but unfortunately, that's those Mountaineers, not our Mountaineers. 61, or rather, 63-61, to the final score. App State scores 40 points in the fourth quarter of this game, but the comeback starts short as they weren't able to convert on this two-point conversion. Motion.
4: Bryce looking. He's going to try
5: to run for it. He stopped short. He lost the football. North Carolina keeps Bryce out of the end zone.
3: And the Tar Heels are indeed going to win on the road. Those were the games that I highlighted, guys. Parker, if there's anything that you wanted to bring in the conversation as well, but Florida beats the number seven team in the country, and App State gets so close to pulling off that upset that everybody thought they could accomplish.
4: Yeah, absolutely. I want to highlight that Florida game first. Yeah, uh, Florida football is dangerous once again, folks. I will say that. uh, Anthony Richardson, I have my doubts on him coming into this year. I will be honest on that, but he... He proved a lot of my uh, fears about him were false. And if there was a guy who helped his uh, pro draft stock the most here in this first week of college football, it was Anthony Richardson. If he keeps this up, expect him to be a top ten pick in next year's draft. The Gators beating the Utah Utes in in Florida, number seven team in the nation. Utah is not a is not a team you cannot take lightly. They're very good. Some people picked them going to the playoff this year, so – Florida is going to be a team to look out for in the SEC East. Definitely want to highlight a Florida-Georgia game. It, the, it's going to feel like the first time a big Florida-Georgia game is going to mean yep. something, it feels like, for years as well. Some other teams looking into that. Uh, Florida State LSU from last night was a crazy game if you missed the end of that one. It came down to a uh, LSU scored a touchdown at the end of regulation, <laughs> missed the extra point. They, they missed the extra point. Florida State ends up upsetting LSU. And what was a crazy game, I think Brian Kelly, I can't remember the exact quote verbatim, but he he said something around the lines of the first half. He said, well, uh, that's – I was like, I don't think we can play much worse than that. He's like, well, then again, this is my first game. So (laughs) that was was a big uh, quotable online that I saw last night. Another team I want to highlight, Arkansas, beat Cincinnati. And a a lot of people are saying, hey, Arkansas is legit. They might just be the third best team in the SEC. I think there might be some validity to that, and we'll have to see coming down the line. There's some big games coming up as well, a so big one. Uh, Kentucky, Florida. That's a game you're going to want to watch if you like good quarterback play. It's going to be Will Levis of Kentucky versus Anthony Richardson, as mentioned before, for the Gators. And, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's going to be a big one. we got college football on tonight as well if you want to watch in. It's the uh, debut of Clemson for this season as they're going to be taking on Georgia Tech.
2: Well, in the old adage, almost comes true yet again, don't schedule Appalachian State for your first game because <laughs> it's going to be close and you might end up losing. Uh, like you said, they come up just short, but I love Appalachian State. Always take Appalachian State, whoever they're playing, the first game of the year, take Appalachian State uh, to win. I was upset with Alabama. I mean, of course, they won 55 to nothing, but the uh, line was set at 55 and a half, and of course, Ooh. I took the over, so that was a little bit of a uh, of a bad beat, if you will. But it's, for the most part, college football kind of went uh, as you would expect it. I think college football is always better when the Gators are good. Yeah. Maybe that's just because when I was coming up, it was the Tebow era, and they had all those good teams. And when Florida, when uh, when the swamp is rocking, that's an electric place for college football. But I want to bring up that Ohio State while we still got a couple minutes here. I'm going to bring up that Ohio State Notre Dame. Game because of course yeah. Ohio State wins 21 to 10. Uh, I can't uh, the his names escape me. The head coach for Notre Dame. It's his first but, uh, regular season game.
4: Marcus Freeman.
2: Marcus Freeman. It's his first regular Brian season Kelly, game. <laughs> yeah, I wanted to say Brian Kelly. First regular season game. Of course, he's only like 36, so he's just as old uh, as most of his players. But they come out and they get beat by a number two Ohio State team. Does this count as Notre Dame still being maybe a little bit? Over hyped as they as I think they normally are, or did they just run into a good
3: Ohio State team? Well, the, they're not going to get into the playoff. I mean, that's the thing; they don't have yeah. a conference championship game. So, if you yeah. lose one, you have to be undefeated if you're Notre Dame. You want to make the play? At least I think. Now that we're expanding to twelve, you know, that's something we'll have to talk about tomorrow. We didn't have enough time to talk about it on today's show. But as the playoff expands to twelve teams, that's not going to matter as much. That helps <coughs> Notre Dame a lot. That probably means they're not going to join a conference, but. Uh, Parker, if there's anything you wanted to add to that, I think more than anything, it just, just make sure they're not going to make the playoff.
4: I think so, but I do want to say this, though. A lot of people thought Notre Dame didn't have any shot against Ohio State in this yeah. game, and they hung with Ohio State for most of that game and deep into the fourth quarter. They played extremely well. There were times where, and I'd say the big concerning thing for the Fighting Irish is going to be moving the ball on offense right now. It really seems like Michael Mayer, granted, he's probably going to be a top ten pick in this year's draft, a tight end. He seemed like the only guy who was making plays were moving out why they were doing all sorts of things, trying to get Mayer the ball. But, I mean, the offense is probably what's going to be the big worry there for Notre Dame. I mean, the defense held an explosive Ohio State team to 21 points. That is impressive. But, again, if the offensive woes continue, it's going to be tough to find a route for Notre Dame to get into the playoff. Does this discount them entirely? I don't think so, but some dominoes are going to have to fall for the Fighting Irish to find their way into the playoff. I, I say when the poll comes out, I say they'll maybe drop to anywhere between seven to ten. I think will be realistic, but I, again, the road will be tough to get there because we saw a lot of good teams play in Week One.
2: And, just, and real quick, Luke, just want to remind people that we're broadcasting live here from the uh, from War Memorial Park for the Labor Day breakfast. It's happening rain or shine. It's raining a little bit, but that, that hasn't stopped anybody from showing up here at War Memorial Park. You got food being served until ten thirty, so you still got <clears throat> plenty of time to come on down here. You can get steak or country ham. You get eggs, coffee, juice, toast. There's a million people here, but plenty of food and plenty of drinks. It's $35 per person at the door. Uh, Kids 10 and under are free. got pancakes, eggs, I mean, everything you want. It's happening right here. And that $35 that you spend at the door, it all goes directly back to the War Memorial Park Foundation. So come on down and hang out with us.
3: And we'll talk a little bit more about that in the last segment and give you guys another chance to set the scene. Uh, The only other jab I wanted to throw before we conclude our conversation in college football as I'm sick and tired of Dana Holgerson getting bailed out of big football games <laughs> Houston the number 24 team oh, oh man listen they beat UTSA <laughs> 37-35 triple overtime Clayton toom with that crazy leaping two-point conversion uh, as the Cougars are able to, to to pull off that victory against what is it the Roadrunners for UTSA Yes. Yep. And, uh, and Dana Holgerson continues to get lucky. Of course. All right, one more break to take. When we return, we'll talk a little bit more about this Labor Day breakfast. Uh, we'll get Parker's picks. Uh, we'll give we'll get you guys a chance to rate the food. I haven't had steak and eggs in a long time, but uh, we'll talk a little oh, bit about – I know, exactly. Good. Talk a little bit about the fine dining that you can get over at War Memorial Park for the Labor Day breakfast. But on the other side of this break, as you're listening to Panhandle Sports Live.
0: It's Panhandle Sports Live. Join the conversation on Twitter at EP News Network.
3: Final segment of Panhandle Sports live here for this lovely Labor Day Monday. And I hope that those of you that have the time off are enjoying a nice bit of time off and a bit of respite. Our boys are on location at the Labor Day breakfast at the War Memorial Park. Guys, we talked about it a couple of times, uh, but that was before you had food in your bellies. Talk about the fine cuisine that anybody that's driving around and uh, doesn't want to have to fix themselves breakfast uh, can go get on, uh, on location.
2: Right so uh, all the money you know, I got to make sure I say this all the money that you spend here today is going to go directly back to the War Memorial Park Association to keep this park uh, as awesome and as great as it is. I mean you got uh, a swimming pool, you got putt putt, you got of course your tennis and your pickleball courts. You got everything you need, your playgrounds, you got a uh, stream access. I mean that's why this park is so great. It's such a great addition, well not even addition, such a great feature of this community and it is supported by events like this the 2022 labor day breakfast the memorial day pancake breakfast is another one too Uh, but this is the biggest one of the year and on the menu uh, for thirty-five dollars a person, all right, you get your choice of either steak, country ham, steak or country ham, and eggs, and you got some toast and uh, you know uh, the other amenities, coffee, juice, what have you. But then you also, uh, if your kids are ten or under, it's free. Then you got pancakes and eggs and things, you know, because uh, I don't, as a kid, I don't remember really necessarily being all fired up about country ham uh, or steak and eggs, but pancakes I'd have been fired up for. So that being said, uh, Parker and I, we did uh, the typical co-host thing and just got the same exact meal for the two of us we just got steak and eggs and my steak was pretty good i mean it's gone i don't even have my plate anymore it was that good
4: oh it was fantastic i got, I got a little bit left here i've been i've been uh touted as a slow eater as growing <laughs> up so i uh, the, the mantra continues but yeah it's been fantastic toast was great eggs fantastic the steak has been just excellent and there's no better way to start a morning and you want to come on out and enjoy all this. A lot of people here come socialize, have a great time. It might be a little damp outside. Rain seems to be dying off a little bit as we're looking around right now, but it's it's a great time. Come on out, enjoy it and it's, I want to highlight this too. At the uh, Memorial Day, we were here for Memorial Day earlier yep. in the year. the, the pancakes. I and mean, you want to talk about stacking <laughs> that them. Good. You want to talk about <laughs> stacking them high. That that's ideal right there. That the Memorial Day pancake breakfast fantastic as well. That will be coming up towards the spring of 2023. But hey, come on out. If you got nothing going on, come on out. Get you some nice steak or ham and have a good time.
2: Here we got Penny, the live next that Parker and I will be doing. Of course, still from uh, the Labor Day breakfast. Maybe we can trick them and say, hey, since we're doing a separate show, we can get you know another set of breakfast in. But you can get your breakfast here at War Memorial Park under the big pavilion up until 10:30. So you got plenty of time to come. Uh, you know, you can let the rain kind of get through a little bit. You can go up, get yourself a little morning coffee, enjoy your morning for Labor Day, and then come on out and help support War Memorial Park again. It's $35 per person. Ten uh, kids, 10 and under are free. You got your choice of steak country ham and eggs uh, and everything else it's great it's a great time out here the rain's starting to hold off but there's plenty of seats undercover so you don't got to worry about getting wet
3: yeah certainly cannot beat good food for a good cause and you certainly cannot beat the red hot man himself parker and his picks parker what do we have today
4: absolutely rounding out uh, last week we had a a perfect slate for baseball friday evening so if you copied that slate congratulations you cashed in on some winnings there i wish i would have put more in on that (laughs) one i think i only put about one or two bucks on that one if i look correctly it was a bet. I think it was the Jays the was the lock of the day when they had Alec Manoa coming off the uh, tough backyard brawl loss. I was thinking, all right, Alec Manoa is going to pick us back up here and we'll be all right. Had the had the Jays, the O's, and the Red Sox all on the money line, so that one cashed out for you. Coming in to today, lock of the day. I think the Tigers are going to do it. I have Clemson covering the spread today, minus 23.5. I have them beating Georgia Tech by that. Two other ones for today. I got the Guardians over the Royals today as Cleveland's trying to keep pace for the American League Central. And lastly, three things are certain. Death, taxes, and betting on the Dodgers to beat the Giants. I just, anytime, anytime I've picked the Giants, the Dodgers have beat them. I am going with the Dodgers today on the money line against those San Francisco Giants. Because, I mean, the Giants look like they're out of it. That's what I'm going for. Again, lock of the day, if you missed it, I like those Tigers 23-and-a-half spread against the Yellow Jacks, the Georgia Tech.
2: Man, that uh, Dodgers game last night. When it, once I got back um, into into town, flicked the TV on. when I got to the apartment. It was the seventh inning, right when the um, <coughs> excuse me, right when the Dodgers are really starting to put it on uh, to the uh, Padres, and you know that's a fun rivalry that I feel like over the East Coast, you don't ever really get to appreciate too often because it's on in the middle of the night pretty much yeah. uh, forced over here. But I think that's a good uh, good pick there. Never go
4: wrong with a hot. Red Hot Dodgers. No, you can't. You can't be going that. And uh, I just wanted to point out something, swinging it back to college football for a second. I just uh, saw on my Twitter feed uh, Kayshawn Booty, one of the uh, top receivers in the nation, LSU Tiger, has uh, – we've seen people do this before, so take it with a grain of salt, has deleted any mention of LSU out of Ooh. his profiles. Oh, Ooh. my so, goodness. And this this is a first-round receiver, folks. So I don't know if he's doing what Jamar Chase did a couple years ago and he's just going to sit out the rest of the season going to the draft or what's going on, but that's a story to watch coming into the next couple weeks. Kayshawn Booty has deleted all mention of LSU from his social media profile. And that's how you know it is real.
3: Are yeah, and, and we also, uh, we don't have time to play it today. Maybe we'll get the chance to play it tomorrow. I was not necessarily a fan of the video that Neil Brown put out on Twitter. Looked a oh, little, yeah. uh, little bit desperate, yeah, Neil. I'm not going to lie yeah. to you, but uh, uh, yeah. before we conclude today's show, I wanted to ask you guys this because I didn't expect it to be a polarizing topic of discussion, but depending on who you ask and NFL football enjoyers, because obviously the National Football League is uh, coming up here in the next couple of days. And we only have about a minute left in the show. Are you guys big red zone guys? I think red zone oh, is it. the greatest invention ever. I think it's fantastic. Yes. Okay, so is it, it. it might just be an older, younger generation thing, because my dad can't stand it. He gets, I guess look. he gets confused.
4: You just want to watch the touchdowns, right? Why watch a whole boring football game when you just want to watch the touchdowns? Just watch it when it gets into crunch time. I love it. I, the I witching hour, all- undefeated. That's right. It's the best. Oh, absolutely. Give me the give me a quad box right now. <laughs> there give you a go.
3: Quad box right now. For
4: right now.
2: So I take it that's yeah, what
3: you guys are going to be doing on your NFL Sunday? Then a little red zone. Absolutely. See, I Absolutely. I keep the Raider game on the on the phone. Red zone on the big screen. Uh, that, that's a heck of an that's a heck of a Sunday afternoon if you ask me. I mean you. Oh, you, and they're you, right around the corner. You give the Lord his due uh, from ten to noon, uh, and then you go home, get some food, settle down for a nice uh, afternoon of NFL football. I, I I don't know. There's nothing like it. I'm glad you guys are big red zone guys. I'm very glad. <laughs>
2: yeah, red Absolutely. zone. Red zone's perfect. And even though I'm not even playing fantasy football this year, I'll still
4: sit there and watch red zone the whole day.
3: All right, yeah, fantastic. Yeah, I'll definitely
4: be. I'll definitely be on it for sure, and definitely on my uh, definitely on my fantasy guys. Hopefully, we uh, we took a different strategy drafting this year, so hopefully it pays off. Really liked how it turned out. So we'll uh, we'll have to keep a track on uh, Parker's fantasy team throughout the season and see if it's uh if it's gonna be a return to the playoff. I think it's been about a three or four year drought since I've made the fantasy playoffs. So it's a uh, it's, kind of, it's a revenge tour hopefully this coming season.
3: All right. Well, the guys are live from the Labor Day breakfast at War Memorial Park, and that's where you're going to be able to catch Panhandle live coming up here on the other side of this top of the hour break. Special thanks for making Panhandle Sports Live uh, part of your Labor Day Monday morning. I've been Luke Wiggs for Parker Stone and Jordan one. Of course, if you missed it, we unveiled our next Panhandle game of the week as it's Jefferson against Musselman coming up this Friday at 7 p.m. But stay tuned in. Panhandle Live is coming up next here in just a couple of minutes.